This is Season 7, Episode 12 of Beyond the Illusion. Walk-ins with Sheila Seppi. We are thrilled to have Sheila Seppi as our special guest on this episode of Beyond the Illusion. Sheila is a fascinating individual who identifies as a walk-in. She brings a wealth of knowledge and personal experience to this discussion. And if you don't know what a walk-in is, then keep listening because Sheila explains it all in our conversation with her. Prepare to be captivated by Sheila's story. Our topic today, walk-ins, is something that I'm super curious about. And I'm so happy to have you here, Sheila, because I've never actually met somebody who identifies as a walk-in. And I've always been so interested to know more about that experience. Maybe we could start, though, with what is your definition of a walk-in? Actually, there are several definitions that could be considered walk-ins, but the type that I am is what would be called a soul exchange walk-in. That means one soul left, just as in a death process, but instead of the body just passing away, there was another soul that came in and animated it. Wow. So you're the second soul that came in, right? And so I'm curious about how that experiences for you, if you remember things from before, or if there are energies or influences, uh, how it was before. Okay. Well, first, let me say, if this experience had not happened to me, I would not have believed it's possible. Okay. I was a very sick person. I was in my 30s and actually beginning in my 20s. I started having very odd diagnoses. One of the first ones was having the potentials of brain tumors, but being told that I had possibly MS and to prepare myself for being in a wheelchair by the time I was in my 40s. I was told that this possibility of brain tumors also came along with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. I had erythema nodosum. I had sarcoidosis. I used to walk with a cane. And then later I was diagnosed with bone cancer. And I had all of these things occurring. I had hands that wouldn't hardly open and close. And honestly, if it had not been for the kind of steroid Celebrex, I would not have even been able to have any mobility. I spent most of my time on the couch playing with my kids in the floor because I was too tired to do a whole lot of anything else. And I went to bed in this very sick state. But it felt like at seven o'clock in the morning, someone reached down, grabbed me by the hair of my head, pulled me bolt right up in bed, and it was like lightning was running through my body. And then I was in white space. And I don't know how long I was in white space, but I was very comfortable. I was out of pain. I was not in any hurry to go anywhere, but to stay in that space. But the next thing that I can remember is my peripheral vision was coming in and then my frontal vision. And as I sat there, first thing is like, what am I doing sitting up in bed? And then the next thing is I was looking around my room. Everything was the same, but everything was different. And it was like all of the articles of clothing that I saw had this story that they were telling me. Everything 
was talking to me at one time. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I had become immediately clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. Now, did those uh, talents or skills or innate abilities, were they always there? I don't know. But all of a sudden, I know that they became active. And when I stood up and I went by a mirror, I just stopped and was staring at myself because it was as if I was looking at myself through someone else's eyes. And I was just mesmerized. I was looking at my teeth and my hair and I was looking at everything. And the carpet even felt very squishy. And it's like, wow, everything was like brand new to me. And that's the only way I know how to describe it. And it was so visceral of an experience that 23 years later, it's still with me. Also, I began to have immediate past life memories, which I didn't believe in. So when I went to bed the night before, I was in this tight little box that all of a sudden had gotten blown wide open. I did not believe in spirituality because I was religious. Okay. And so I also started having all of these universal memories of things that I had no concept of. I had no language to describe what I was seeing or experiencing. And I began to remember healing methods and all kinds of things that I had never studied. And so as the day went on, things continued to get more strange and more strange. And I felt like I didn't even know who I was. When I saw my children, obviously I had an immediate love for them. When I saw my husband, there was a total disconnect. With my parents, I came in with an immediate love. Everyone else in my life was a disconnect. And I am not connected with a single person during that time of my life. So once the walk-in arrived, which I didn't know it's still a walk-in, and when I went to the doctor and they could find no traces of any of the diseases, they had absolutely no explanation. And I still didn't know that a walk-in had occurred. It was only three months later that during this initial phase that I left the marriage. In another three months, I found my first spiritual teacher and I moved to a different state. Now, this is 1999 and we still use telephone directories quite a bit. So I was flipping through the back, trying to find what amenities were there because I had three kids. I was getting ready to move to a new state. I didn't know anybody other than my, my new employer. And so all of a sudden I came across an ad and it was almost like it lit up. And this ad was for a spiritual teacher, not a spiritual teacher, sorry, a spiritual counselor. And I was like, oh, man, do I need that? Because first off, spirituality, I had kind of started understanding it a little bit differently. So that felt really comfortable. And then the counseling, I knew I needed that because my background was psychology. And I had convinced myself that I was having a psychotic break. You don't hear things that are not around you. You don't see things that are not physical. So I had no idea. I didn't even know what the word clairvoyant was. I'd never even heard it in my life. I had no metaphysical background whatsoever. And as I began to work with this counselor and she revealed to me that she thought I was a walk-in because she said, I I've, I've taken you down every avenue. And there's absolutely no evidence that you're having a psychotic break. There's no evidence that you're having disassociative disorder. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Because all of these things are happening. I'm going crazy. 
And of course, I couldn't talk about it because at that time, I was already starting to go through the divorce process. So when she introduced the word walk-in, inside me, I got so angry because I went there hoping to get a prescription to take a pill and everything would go away. My life, as dysfunctional as it was at the time, would come right back online. But that didn't happen. And as I walked down the stairs and once I got into my car, I realized that what she was talking about felt true to me, even though I didn't know anything about it. So then we can fast forward. Four years later, I met and married my husband and we moved to a different state with the kids. And I really began to drop into the essence of who I was as a walk-in. I started my first spiritual business, and it was there that it afforded me a lot of time to be able to really connect with my spirit guides, because one of the biggest gifts about meeting this woman is she became my first spiritual teacher, because she was a Hopi elder. And she was teaching women spiritual groups. And she taught me about shamanism and how to travel and meet my spirit guides, how to go into the upper worlds and the lower worlds, which was like easy peasy for me because for a lack of better terms, I was still pretty fresh off the boat. And so I had no problem whatsoever navigating these kinds of waters. And so it was there that I carried that skill with me to this new state and in my practice and really began to work with my guides. And then they began to reveal to me what a lot of those teachings were about. Because in that four years, my vocabulary, my knowledge, my understanding of the truth of what I knew was happening to me couldn't be denied. But I had a basis on which to build now a solid foundation. And so I began to work on cellular memory, cellular clearing. I began to work consciously imprinting onto the new cellular structure and going into very deep, deep meditations and working with my guides on a regular basis. And at this time, the connection that we have is we are constantly in contact and so if I need an answer to something, I get it. If I need something to occur, it begins to manifest. That is super interesting. So I want to go back a little bit and ask you, do you know why this happened to you? Do you feel like it was because this new soul that came in, which is who you are now, just really had a mission? Because it sounds like you're really self-directed and you are on a real spiritual mission right now. And do you think that's what the reasoning behind it was or do you think that it was the other soul was just struggling so much and needed I don't know to move on or what do you think the reason behind it was well I know that the soul of this body was ready to vacate it was ready to go and had I not stepped in the children would have been raised by their father which would have been devastating okay to say the least so that's one possibility all right. We never know the true answers 100% until we're on the other side and get it verified. But what my guides are sharing with me is we were as a collective here working within the crystalline grid of the planet because the crystalline grid is what holds all of the 5D energies. And as we know, Gaia in her original state was a 5D planet until the false matrixing began to be placed upon the planet. 
And so now the crystalline grid is still holding that. So we were called by Gaia. I was in the Andromedan system as part of a collective of beings. We left, we came, and we were working on the crystalline grid when the soul of this body cried out to be released. And it was decided by my collective that this is the aspect that would come in. And over the last uh, 23 years, the aspect has changed. It has grown. More of that soul energy has been able to come in. At first, there was very little that could arrive because the body was very, very sick. And in order not to fry the biology, it was kind of like a water faucet, that drippy water faucet, drip, drip, drip. But as the body healed, because even though the illnesses are gone away, the body still needed to heal. The body still needed new tools. And I had to re-educate myself on how to eat properly, drinking fresh water and staying away from sodas, fast foods, all that kind of stuff. And as my body got healthier and as the vibrational frequency began to shift, I was able to hold more energy. Now, also, because some of the teachings that I have are about oversouls and the incarnation process overall of a soul, the reality is if this is the overall soul and we come in and these are all what my guides called like shantias cons, which are multidimensional aspects of yourself. For me, they had all come back together and we were in our complete oversoul. But an oversoul also belongs to a soul family. And the soul family belongs to a soul group. And the soul group belongs to the larger oversoul. And the soul that was in this body was actually a member of my larger oversoul. I had never been that person. I was not even on the same timeline as that person. But there was still that resonance factor. So it made it very easy for an aspect of the collective to come in without harming the body. That makes so much sense. My next question actually was going to be, why doesn't this happen more often? Maybe it's just that we haven't heard about it. But then I was just thinking, yeah, it's just such a efficient way. I mean, that's obviously oversimplifying everything that you had to go through to get adjusted to this body. But when I think about people committing suicide, how unfortunate it is that that perfectly good body goes to waste when we always hear about how it's such a privilege to be here on earth and all these souls want to be here at this time. And so it seems like it would be a really efficient process if we could streamline this, that anytime someone is really thinking about leaving the earth, that it could be aligned to bring these other souls that are really wanting to come in. Do you think that it's happening more often now for this particular time that we are on the planet where we're ascending? I think that the type of soul that I am, the type of soul experience I had with the soul exchange is not as common. I think what we have occurring right now is because of all the spiritual work that people are doing without having a walk-in experience, they're able to tap into essences of their higher self frequency and be able to pull that into 3D reality. The importance of that is I mentioned the false matrix a while back, and the false matrix has encoded certain propensities for humanity to be able to drop into fear to et cetera, et cetera. And with this ascension, one of the things we're doing is breaking out 
of that false matrixing. We're shifting, we're changing the DNA and turning into literally a new species of being. And that is the 5D being. And there are other types of walk-ins where sometimes a partial aspect of the soul will remain and another aspect comes in and that's called a soul infusion. Then there's the type where there is a soul and it's just tired. It doesn't want to leave, but it's just like it, it just can't go on. Then another aspect will come in and lay over top of it, much like a neoprene suit. It attaches and it kind of serves as a battery generator. And either one of two things will happen. After this soul is revived, either the visitor soul, if you will, will leave or they will meld together to become one. And there's many, many soul fusions that's happening right now. Many people are waking up to the fact that we've all had galactic experiences. We have all lived many, many lives on many, many planets. We have all been dimensional beings. We have all been part of the animal kingdom. We've all been these things, but some people remember and some people don't. And that is part of their plan. That's part of their own mission, being here on the planet. But many people are having experiences. And in the book that I wrote, Walk-Ins, Cosmology of the Soul, I talk about the different types of souls that come in. And I also talk about the different types of walk-ins that there are. And I think that when I came in and probably for the next 10 years, there was a movement for more and more and more soul exchange walk-ins to come in because we were coming in to anchor a certain type of frequency. But now other people, because of the fact that they are doing spiritual work, they are raising their vibration, are actually doing the kind of work that took the extreme for us to occur. But the vibration is right on the planet now for this to happen. And it wasn't back in the 80s or the 90s. It definitely feels like that for sure. I love your explanation of this um, this false crystalline structure. I, I kind of want to hear more about that. I do have another question about like your family and your children. Did they notice a difference in you after that? Did you seem much different to them after that point? And how, how did they react? Okay, so I'll answer the last question first. My children were thrilled because all of a sudden now they had a mother who could do things with them. No longer did I have to be on the couch. We could go outside. We could run. We could play because that person was in so much pain and so miserable all of the time. I was a much, much happier, vibrant version of their mother. So pfft, they were thrilled. I went back to visit with my family, I had gone to a funeral. While I was there, everybody was coming up talking, we haven't seen you in so long. And I learned very quickly how to deflect. It's like, yeah, how have you been? And I was just talking with everybody. And many people would say, you don't even know who I am, do you? And my mom heard that and she kept turning around in the line and just looking at me. When we got home, she sat me down and she goes, I need to have a talk with you. And I thought, "Uh oh, she must be sick or something. And she goes, I need you to go to the doctor. And I'm like, why? She goes, you don't know anybody. You don't know your family. 
We're talking about stories that happened that you lived, that you have no knowledge. You don't remember things about baby showers. You don't remember recipes that we have cooked together thousands of times. I think you have the beginning phases of Alzheimer's. <laughs> it's like, okay, now or never. So I had to sit her down and explain. I said, well, you remember when I was a very sick person? She's like, Yes. And I said, and you remember how all of a sudden I was miraculously healed? Yes. I said, and you remember how all of a sudden that I started having all of these psychic abilities? Yes. I said, well, what actually happened is the old soul left because it was so sick and depleted and a new soul came in. And she sat back and she looked and she goes, so does that mean I'm not your mom? And I'm like, no, it just means you have a new and improved version. And she's like, oh, okay. And that was that. And then I didn't tell my dad until right before the book came out. And I told him something similar and they've been fine with it. They don't ask a lot of questions, mind you, but they have accepted that fact. And so my family that I call family, they accepted everything. The false matrixing, I have to give just a little bit more backstory because in the beginning of all things, when source desired to know itself and began to want to create and become the created, one of the things that began to occur was there was a division of the dark and the light. And there were beings that said, I volunteer, I'll be source aspects that have experiences in the light and I will be source aspects that have experiences in the dark. But the problem was those beings that chose the dark also kept going deeper and deeper into the dark until instead of forgetting, like some of the beings in the light, they began to forget who they were and they began to have all kinds of experiences. But these beings retained their memory. But what they began to lose was their co-creative power and all beings desire to create, whether it's the way we put our clothes on in the morning to the way we decorate our homes, being artistic, whatever it is, we all have this desire to create something like you're creating this podcast. So everything we all want to create. So these beings in the dark wanted to create so bad, but they kept losing and losing and losing their co-creative abilities. And so they began to seek what they would consider a weaker prey. And they came to many, many planets and many planetary systems, and they set up these control mechanisms. But when they came to this planet, one of the things that they desired to do was to place their DNA into the hominid species that was on the planet already. Many of them were Lyrans, many of them were Syrians, many of them were the organic beings from this planet, but they desired to put their DNA in there because then they could create a population that they could control through fear, etc. because that's what they were experiencing was all those negative, uh, what we would consider negative attributes. But after they had begun this creation process, in stepped the angelic beings, the angelic realm, in stepped many of the higher uh, extraterrestrial realms and said, you can't take away a free will of a population. That's not how this works. So if you've put your DNA in, we're putting hours and we're putting hours and we're putting hours. And that began this genetic hodgepodge of what we are all created with 
even today. So we all might be earthlings in our suits here, our space suits for earth. But the reality is this is a genetically modified form from what it began millions of years ago. And in this process, one of the things that happened within this free will is they began because there was nothing that said they couldn't. So let me talk about the structure. You have the planet. Within the planet, you have crystalline grids, but you have these crystalline ley lines that run through the planet, these energetic sources that have been identified where they call the chakras or the nodes or holy sites are constructed on these places of power, power spots, Mount Shasta, etc. So the crystalline grid actually was designed to connect into these ley lines. And the population of the people, the beings on the planet was within this beautiful energy. And as they thought and as they created, that energy would rise higher, which began to create the collective consciousness. But then through the manipulation, there literally was a beam of energy that came in. And this is straight from my collective and collectives and other beings and guides. They all have, just like humanity, everybody has their own opinion as to how things have transpired, even though there's a lot of commonality. But what I was told is there was a physioelectric field that began being beamed in. So it was hitting upon the crystalline grid and it was beaming in the fear programs, the lack programs, everything that made us look outside separation. It's impossible to be separated from ourselves, but we had at that time already forgotten who we truly were. Okay. We forgot we were individuations of that source energy having an experience. And so what happened was this energy kept being beamed in and beamed in. Well, just like if we're out in the sun or in a certain location, we have certain family traits, we have certain energies that we're around, that begins to imprint on our cellular structure, which then begins to imprint upon our DNA structure, which then is passed down to our children. And so we're looking at 12,000 years of this structure of this false matrixing being beamed in to a population. And interestingly enough, that beaming stopped somewhere in the late 80s. And so even though that's not now currently being beamed in, we still have it within our genetic structure. And so that's why this ascension that's taking place is so miraculous because we, even though we have this negative programming, we're waking up. Even though we have separation programmed into the very essence of who we are, we're waking up. And it's not just one person waking up. There's a whole populace of people that are waking up. And one light worker can affect a thousand people within their field. And so the more people that wake up, the more opportunities we have to wake other people up. And that is the mission that I came here was to be a way shore to help people to wake up, to understand the essence of who they truly are at a soul level. Thank you so much for that. that was a really great description. You said that the negative energy stopped being beamed in the 80s. And I was wondering if that was due to the harmonic convergence or from something else. It was somewhere around that same time. I can't say it was because of the harmonic conversion. I was only told that when the concordance had taken place, 
that the matrixing, what was being beamed in, was gone. I guess I feel like a lot of light workers chose to be born into certain ancestral lines yes. to help to transform and clear the DNA patterns on the planet. Is that aligned with your beliefs? Yes. Absolutely. Because we know in advance before we incarnate the family history, what we're looking for. And in some of the work that I do, I am able to help people identify what those soul wounds are that have not just accumulated in this lifetime, but in other lifetimes, in other galactic experiences. And we begin to kind of take those apart. And that begins to shift who we are, because many times we enter with the purpose of bringing healing to our souls. Everything outside of this planet, if you look at us like that we're at the zoo and we're in a glass cage, we can see everything outside of that glass cage. Everything outside that glass cage as far, even as what we can see, the stars and other planets, those are all already Those are all 5D planets. And so we're in the process of coming back into that 5D structure. And when we do, we're going to be able to remember who we are. Now, when we're on the other side, there is still duality. 5D does not eliminate duality. And so here, it's kind of like a practice run, I think. We come here, we're trying to clear all of this stuff out. We're here during this ascension. And this is an important ascension because this is the only one that we are aware of. But I think you have to incend as who you are as a soul before you can ascend out and begin to raise your vibrational frequency. But if we can shift who we are here, then when we're out there, We don't have any of those soul wounds and we can begin to live our other lives free of the entanglements. So if we have a family that's very dysfunctional, nine times out of 10, we chose that dysfunction. We chose those wounds so we could grow and heal through them. We chose those betrayals so we could learn what it is to have self-love, what it is to have trust in ourselves. So there's many, I mean, I could go on for hours with the potential lessons that we have come here to learn and how they can manifest in our life. But I think everybody kind of gets the idea of what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned this ascension process, and I'm curious to know what you think it's going to look like maybe in the next five or 10 or even 20 years from now, how that process is going to play out in the world. One of the things I'm always asking my guide is, when is this happening? What is it going to be? And one of the things that I have been shown is that actually it's Gaia herself that's in this ascension process. And we as souls are just playing catch up. If we want to be in that high vibrational frequency, when she moves from the 4D being, which we're all in 4D now, if she moves from that 4D being into 5D, if we're still 4D or even 3D, we're not going to be able to catch that ride. And that new ride is what a lot of people talk about being the new earth. But that new earth literally is already here. We are already living in all of these various dimensions all at one time. But what we're doing is we're clearing everything away so that when she herself makes that transition, we're able to transition too. And as people raise their vibrational frequency and more and more people do that, 
we're able to shift in to that divine frequency with Gaia. So when this happens, we all take that ride together. And I think that ride is going to be a shifting away of, I think Gaia is here already. I think what's going to happen is we're just going to shift all of that other stuff, all of the non-5D energy is going to move away and go play itself out somewhere else, but not on the original organic Gaia structure. Yeah. And how does that look for you? We always just like to play this <laughs> game because, of course, everybody has a different idea of what that looks like. Will money still exist or will the government still exist or these types of things? How do you envision that? No, I don't think any of those things are going to take place. And the memories that I have from other planetary systems and what my guides share with me, none of that will take place. And it was never intended to because money and government also is part of that false matrixing that we have been subjected to for so long. So when we're in 5D, we do those things we love. Somebody said, well, are we going to be able, are we just going to be like these Spirit bodies, well, kind of, yeah, but think of this. If everybody's in 5D, we're all going to be at the same vibrational rate. We're all going to see each other. We're all going to be able to have physical bodies. It's only after you get into pure consciousness states that you no longer have a physical body, which is more of a sixth density type energy. So we're moving into fifth density. I know you mentioned, which is really wonderful, that your parents accepted it and that your kids accepted it. But I have to imagine that there must have been some people in your life that's like, oh, my God, you are totally crazy. What are you talking about? This 5D, 6D stuff. And that happens to most of us anyway on the spiritual journey, right? As we shift and then certain people and places and experiences drop away and then we're kind of in the void as we're shifting. And then now we're drawing in and attracting new people that are more aligned with the vibration mm -hmm. that we're at. But I would imagine it would be more pronounced for a walk-in. Yeah. Well, for me, it really was because I would just look at these people and it's kind of like, First off, I didn't know who I was. And second of all, looking at them, it's like, why was I friends with this person? And I think one of the beautiful things that happened for me that allowed for a total disconnect of that lifestyle is I moved to a different state and accepted a new job. And when I moved there, I was already accepted because I had a spiritual teacher and I moved into a community where there was a circle of women. My kids grew up with more aunties than they wanted, believe me, you know, and, and so we had our own little community. And so that was my haven. I've never known life outside of that kind of situation, never. And as people in my life do not resonate with that factor, we just sort of part ways. And I think I'm very, very blessed in that the majority of all the people in my life do vibrate at that frequency. And I don't have to deal with a lot of the other energies, like the people in my life. If you watch television, it's like for a brain candy, it's a movie without commercials, that kind of thing. I don't watch the news. I don't know anybody that watches the news. I hear about some of the news. Some people watch stuff like that on the internet and then they're fussing about it. And I'm like, even though you're not in alignment with that and you disagree with it, the more you argue about it, 
the more you're putting your energy into it and the more you are helping to perpetuate the very thing that you don't believe in. And so I've always, I don't know, I guess in a way I'm kind of a loner. I have a huge tribe. I really do. I've got a global tribe, but I always still kind of go within and that I just kind of cocoon myself in my own little world and anything that doesn't resonate with my world, I I just don't see or I, I'm not participating in it. Yeah, in many ways, I feel the same about my life as, as you do about yours. And I'm kind of curious, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you had started a spiritual business. And I'm kind of wondering what types of mm-hmm. spiritual services do you offer? Oh, boy. Okay. So one of the things with my guides, they always have pushed me to go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. Every time I would get to where I thought I knew what they were talking about, I would hear go bigger right here in my ear to where I'd almost jump out of my skin sometimes. And so I I started early on with a business that I still have called Spirit Way. And it started out as a ministry. It's in the process of continuing to grow. We expand, we have services. And even though I work on people's bodies, I'm always talking to them about their souls. So it's kind of like an active church where you go to get healed, I guess. I don't know uh, how you would describe it, but it's a wellness business as well. And so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I offer the services through Spirit Way Wellness. On Thursdays, I have my own business through Sheila seppi.com where I offer people again multi-dimensional readings I work with them to release old cellular patterning we work with soul wounds sometimes they want to know what their galactic history is what was their spiritual name so I have a gamut of things that I do and then on Fridays I try to dedicate myself more to what's called the Conscious Awakening Network, because about a year ago, almost a year ago, my guides told me that they wanted me to go bigger with the things that I was doing with the podcasting, etc. And this opportunity to start a television app network came to me through this company that I was working with. But I am 5D minded and I've got a unity consciousness. So I don't want to play in the sandbox by myself. If I'm going to do something like that, I want to have people and participate. Plus, the more voices that you have, the more opportunity for resonance will occur and the more opportunity for the general public to resonate with something that somebody is saying. So now I have what's called the Conscious Awakening Network and we're on about every platform out there that you can think of. It's consciousawakeningnetwork.org. We have our Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, and Android apps. We're on almost all the podcasting formats that are out there, whether it's Sirius or Amazon or Apple. We have our own radio station. We have a website that people can go and watch spiritual content or galactic content or mind-expanding content, and we have our own phone app, and it's free of charge. So part of my mission is to really perpetuate this message that I'm talking with you guys about, and if it's not me speaking it, it's somebody else. And so we have about 
oh gosh, I don't know, 40 different hosts, like on our YouTube channel, a lot of the YouTube people that we have are not the same people that we have on our uh, website channel. And some of them are the same, but we try to hit all the social media, everything that's out there to get not just my message out there, but to get everybody's message out there. And so, yeah, that's that's the business. I have Spirit Way Wellness, I have Sheila Seppi, and I have the Conscious Awakening Network. Oh, wow. I'm glad I asked. I didn't actually know any of that. I'm glad you got a chance to describe it all. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, thank you. And you mentioned earlier that you wrote a book about your walk-in experience. And mm-hmm. is that the only book you've written or are there others? It is so far. And I mean, I'm so close to getting this other one done. And it may end up being a trilogy. I interviewed over 40 people. It's going to be called We the Experiencers. And it's experiencing everything from contact to angelic visitation to walk-ins to childhood contact with the paranormal, you name it, the book has it in there. And I was right. I was so close to getting it taken care of. And then my guides were like, go bigger, go big. I'm like, let me finish this project. And the personality that I have is it kills me to have something just hanging out there. I want to wrap it up. It's just like, But every time I get to, like with the Conscious Awakening Network, it has even grown from being a video platform to now having a radio station. We have a marketplace where people can go to and place their items, their energy tools, whatever. We're, we just have launched that, so we're still populating that. We have what's called Can Learn, where people can go, and it's very much like Udemy or Teachable. So we're always looking for people. And the other thing that's good is anyone that participates in these after the credit card fees are taken out, they receive 75% back, which is basically unheard of when you're working with a network like that. And then the other thing that we have developed on our own is called Spacebook. And it's very, very similar to Facebook without (laughs) all the rhetoric. (laughs) And people can say anything on there they want to. We got a notice that somebody said something in an interview that wasn't in alignment with Facebook. And they're like, oh, we're going to take you down. I'm like, let's take it all over to Facebook because I can't think of a single thing that anybody has ever talked about that needs to be taken down. But somebody may have said a trigger word. I don't know. But now we have our own platform where people can actually talk about those things that really resonate with them and they don't have to worry about being taken down. And with all of the agreements and things that we have, there are no trigger words in there. So if somebody says something, it's on our platform, it's seen on Roku, great. That's amazing. I can't believe all the things (laughs) that you're doing. Pretty much hitting it on all the different levels. That's so cool. Going back to the walk-ins. So is there some kind of support group for walk-ins? I would imagine that considering all the things that you have, you probably have some kind of support group for walk-ins. For people, maybe they're like, well, maybe that's what's happening to me. Or or do you Mm -hmm. have some suggestions that might help somebody who's wondering if they're a walk-in or or thinks that they're going through that experience? 
Well, one thing is they can go to the SheilaSeppi.com website and I have a questionnaire and they can go through the questionnaire and ask themselves certain questions to determine if they believe that they're a walk-in. The other thing is I have just kind of organized walk-ins from all over the world and we're trying to form a huge network. We've got a lady who's going to start having regular meetings and we actually meet again in two weeks. And so she's going to bring back those meeting times and I've got the platform so we can start publicizing all of the various meetings. In November, we're going to have an event coming up where the walk-ins are going to get together and talk about it and it'll be broadcast out everywhere so that if people are walk-ins and they hear this, then they've got a place that they can go to because I started out with an organization called WISH, which is Walk-Ins, Indigos, Starseeds, and Hybrids, that then transformed into the Galactic Alliance. And I still have that organization as well. And that's where I do my podcasting on Mondays and Thursday nights, Cosmic Conversations. And so we've got a lot of tools out there for people. But my guides, again, they came to me and it wasn't a go bigger, thank goodness. But it's like, (laughs) now we're going full circle. So now everything is in place. Now get the walk-ins together. Now is the time to organize them. And you've got the platform in which that you can promote it. I was just going to say, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it it really is. I can't even, I feel like, wow, I'm really overwhelmed by all the things that you do, which is amazing. I was curious about walk-ins as far as, is it always a fairly high frequency being that would be a walk-in to come in. Okay. That kind of sounds like a in the moment thing, right? Like it wasn't part of the original plan. And then this soul decided like, oh, hey, I can't do this. I thought I was going to, or is it ever pre-decided that at this age, this soul is going to exit and this other soul is going to come in? Yes. Uh, Yes. To all of those, because there are walk-ins, like in my case, I needed an adult form in order to carry out my mission. I didn't need to be a baby. I didn't need to be reborn. And so no doubt we took advantage of the situation when this soul cried out to be released. But who knows, a thousand years ago, there could have been a plan put in place that said, okay, now we have to get this person born and they, they're going to marry and they're going to come together. And then this baby is going to be born and you're going to come into that when, it, you know, I don't know how all of that works, but I do know that there are pre-birth plans that are put in place before people incarnate. And in these plans, all of the major milestones that's going to occur in that person's life is in that plan. Now, sometimes we might think there's no way that I would have asked for some of these horrific events to happen. But yes, indeed you do, because they're giving you opportunities for healing. They're giving you opportunities for self-growth. And so I do believe that many, many walk-ins come in as a result of the pre-birth planning. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. I just want to say that I can feel your enthusiasm. I'm actually like feeling a lot of energy because when we started this conversation, I told Tiana that I was tired and I I actually felt really drained. And uh, right now I I feel full of energy. (laughs) Awesome. It feels like uh, maybe it's coming from you, but 
But yeah, we're actually wrapping up the end of the podcast here. And we really appreciate everything that you've said, Sheila, and for taking the time to talk with us. And is there anywhere that you want to let our listeners know that they can go to find out more about you? Yeah, the easiest thing is just to go to SheilaSeppi.com because I have all of the other, the ConsciousAwakening.org listed. I have the Galactic Alliance listed. I have Spiritway Wellness listed. So the SheilaSeppi.org is probably the best place that they can go. And I do want to let people know that if they do feel like they're separate, if they feel like they can't connect with people, I just want to remind them it is impossible to be separate. And your team is around you all of the time and you are loved beyond measure. What a great way to end. Thank you so much. I'm excited to check out your Conscious Awakening Network. I think that sounds really great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I hear your cat. <laughs> my, my cat said thank you too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Sheila Seppi for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about her and everything she's up to, you can go to SheilaSeppi.com. And that's spelled S-H-E-I-L-A. S-E-P-P-I.com. I'd also like to make a special announcement. Our guest from episode 8 of this season, Barbara Wyth, is having a live in-person event on November 10th and 11th in Austin, Texas, where she'll be hosting a channeling event and a conflict revolution workshop. I highly recommend this event, and if you haven't heard that episode with Barbara yet, please check that out as well. It's episode 8 of season 7. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. And if you've already done that, thank you so much. It really does help other people find us. Thanks again and take care.